Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Becky and Leah. Hey, Leah. Hi. Um, Our guest on this episode is Jack and Jacinda Wilder. And we're going to give you a little bit of history on both of them, and then we're going to get into our interview. So uh, Jack Wilder, a.k.a. Mr. Wilder, is one half of the Wilders. You might know his wife, Jacinda, as the author of such best-selling books as Falling Into You, Falling Into Us, Stripped, Wounded, and Alpha, among many others. The Missionary and Jack's first solo work, followed by Captured, written in collaboration with Jacinda. And Jacinda Wilder, New York Times, USA Today, Wall Street Journal, and international best-selling author, is a Michigan native with a penchant for titillating tales about sexy men and strong women. Her best-selling titles include Alpha, Stripped, Wounded, and the number one Amazon and international international bestseller, Falling Into You. You can find her on her farm in northern Michigan with her husband, author Jack Wilder, her six children, and a menagerie of animals. Welcome to the podcast, guys. We're excited to have you. Yay. Thanks Thanks for having us. Great to be here. (laughs) So let's get to know you guys a little bit. I feel like we know you guys already because we had the privilege of getting to hang out with you guys at uh, one of our drunk book clubs, which was so much fun. And we Uh love chatting with you. Um, So I feel like we've already know you, but we'd like to get let our authors get to know you guys a little bit. So um, what led you down the romance genre? Let us down the romance genre. Well, we tried poetry first and that didn't pay the bills. So it's fair. We, we sold about three copies of a romance anthology. And that that lands you at the top of the Yeah, romance. it was like William Shakespeare, us, with three copies sold. Um, <laughs> so we were pretty proud of that. But yeah, it was all my mom, I think. Yeah, yeah, that was your mom. My, it was your mom, my mom, and like a neighbor. Yeah. But um, we both are avid romance readers. Jack will admit it. He actually read every book his mom ever read after she finished it. He would, how old were you? Like 12, 13? 12, 13. She'd bring home books from the library and she would read them. And actually, I was a much faster reader than she was. So I would read them first. And I just never really thought about what genre was. I just. He just really, really liked them. There was a book there. So he read it. Yes. He didn't have any friends and he didn't have many books. (laughs) We just took those library books from his mom. Actually, we're probably going to get in trouble because his mom probably wouldn't like us outing her that she's a romance reader, but um, since she was the Baptist pastor's wife, but he loved romance. She wasn't into like bodice rippers or anything. That was my great grandmother. She was very. So you're, you have come from a long line of, of romance readers. Yes. She would read them under the covers. Of course she would. As as my dad walked into the room, she wasn't supposed to know. Was there a low hum happening when grandma was reading? (laughs) (laughs) No. I'm thinking there was. But anyway, well, why would she be startled when you walked in and she's under the cover with a romance book? Come on. I don't want to know. Okay. Well, I think I know what's happening there. But um, we used to kind of trade Mm -hmm. trade books back and forth, too. So I would read, you know, a series and then I would give them to him and vice versa. So we were always reading and I had a a background in theater. And so I would write a lot of one acts and plays for my students and stuff. And so we had a period of time where we were in a little bit of financial crisis. We had a son who was very, very sick and I was working as a teacher and he was in school and we could not keep working and going to school with our son in the hospital. So a neighbor knew that we were in a little bit of a fix because we were actually probably about, what, 60, 90 days from losing our house. And she said, hey, you should publish some of the stuff that you've written. And we were like, oh, no, we weren't going to do that. Thanks. You know, we thought she was kind of like crazy for even thinking about that. And so I looked into like selling Tupperware or I don't know, something else even to like to make money because at that point we were desperate and she kept coming around and she would make us meals bless her heart such a sweet lady and so she would just keep bringing it up and so we finally decided to do it and um I don't think we would have done it probably ever without those circumstances and right away we had kind of a runaway hit with big girls do it so we just kept going I mean we didn't stop I think the first what year we put out 16 titles or something like that so that's a lot of books (laughs) Yeah, I think we've been writing for eight years now, mm-hmm. and we have over a hundred titles. 
of various lengths. A majority mm -hmm. are full length, but the first year a lot of them were shorter. Yeah. You know, novella lengths. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say Probably big girls is like novellas, novellas right? Because it's yeah. yeah. a and continuation. Actually, and the funny thing about that is I I I had no intention of anything happening with it really. I just kind of was nursing and bored and I was using my finger on an iPad kind of trying to put mm -hmm. other stuff out there. And it was kind of a little bit, you know, um, I don't know. I was very personal. This story was personal to me. Personal. So I was kind of even scared to publish it. And then of course, of all the things we put out, that's the thing that yeah. took off. And I was like, crap, I guess I'm going to have to do it. It was her reaction to having read a certain series of very popular romances that sort of recharged the whole genre. Well, yeah. And I was probably a, a character, a heroine that was related. More like me. Right. Yes. And I think the other thing was I had just had a baby and I was highly emotional. And so, you know, as a writer, you pull from your own experiences. And I think at that period of time, it was just like, I wanted to get a story that I had inside of me out. And that's how it came out. Yeah. I, you know, there was <laughs> definitely a rebirth to the genre with that releasing of that book. But I yeah. sometimes think that some of that also has to do, if you think about the release of that book, it coincides with the popularity of Kindles and iPads yep. and Nooks. Yep. And yep. so you could, for Hide. those that were ashamed of what they were reading, I personally have never had that experience. My mom, I always tell everybody, my mom and Jude Devereaux are sorority sisters. They went to college oh, together. Oh, awesome, awesome. So I've been reading Jude Devereaux since I was 14. Like right. I was stealing yeah, those suckers off my mom's shelves and- I mean, so I've never been ashamed because that's what we read. I mean, my mom yeah. read it, so I read it. Um, yeah. But I think that the popularity of Kindle and iPads, that book just hit that moment yeah. in See, time. I think, it was, I think it was before that, because we've talked about this. I think it was Twilight that did it. And for that's... me, I actually got so many, because I was teaching teenagers at the time, and so many of them had never read before, like literally had never read a book for enjoyment ever and those kids then turned into those same young women that started reading 50 shades so you had a whole new generation of girls that didn't read their their moms nora roberts and never had that experience they weren't reading like avid readers yeah. they just were right it's like then... that started a whole new generation a wave of new readers yeah so being right there in the high schools like you'd see the girls carrying around those books yeah. and they had this excitement and this fire in their eyes to read those. And I was like, man, here we go. It's, you know, and so that excited me as a teacher and he actually got fired because I took a big group of kids to go see Twilight when it came out in the movies. You say fire, and, I say I quit. Okay. He, I knew they were going to fire well, me because I left. Right. I walked out. Right. He, he, he slash got fired for walking out. Yeah. Quitting. Yes. So, you know, that was just a really exciting time. All of those kids that were so excited to read that yeah. just, that but got me excited. Don't you think that Twilight, it, actually the kids that the teenagers that were reading Twilight yeah. were actually the Harry Potter kids. Yes. yes. So yeah. you all, can even take it the step back that, yeah. you know, our 20 young, older 20, 30 something kids are the ones that they got the Harry Potters as they released. Yeah. They then got yeah. the Twilights as they were released. And then yeah. those were the young women and men yeah. that came of age at the uh, dawning of Fifty Shades. Absolutely, so, yeah. I agree. And, and the thing for me that was so cool is like just seeing them take off with it. Because like I said, there were kids that, you know, said I've never read for enjoyment. I've never had that experience of really enjoying what I read. They just were reading for school, you know? And yeah. this was like totally new to them. It opened up a whole new world. Yeah, I think so. And it's interesting to me because I can remember as being a young woman reading and constantly waiting for the next Nora Roberts, yep. the next yep. Julie Garwood, the next yep. Jude Devereaux. And you always knew that those released like in May and in November yep. and the rest yep. of the year, you just reread their back right. history because you waited. Right. But right. now with self-publishing, there's so much out there. And someone yeah. said, I was reading an article earlier last week and they said, well, they feel like books in general, there's just such an overload that there's too much. And I keep yeah. thinking, yeah. really? Cause some days I don't feel like there's enough. Cause 
There's yeah. so many different niches that with self-publishing, we can kind of fill a little bit of those holes that under traditional publishing, we weren't able to fill. Right. And I think too, what you said is this, the speed of being able to consume because now we're in a time, especially with COVID where you're just sitting around, you know, a lot of us waiting for the world to open yeah. back up. So what do you do during that time to escape as you get into a book? And that also coincides with e-readers and phones and all that. Yep, you can do it but, when you had a, but when you had to have a physical book with you, it limited how much you could read right. because it would sort of mark you as a certain type of person to be that person who'd be sitting on the train or sitting in a waiting room that pulls out a book. Yeah. yeah. Granted, I was that kid, but that kind of marks you. And especially when you're a younger person, you don't want that marking. Right. right. But now you can have your phone, you can have your iPad, you can have your Kindle, and you could be reading anything, obviously, that we were talking about, but you can get that 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes in throughout the day that adds up to a whole book yeah. a lot faster. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I didn't realize it was interaction with an author. The final book in her, it was uh, Nancy Martin. She wrote a series of books in the late 90s, early 2000s called The Blackbird Sisters. And it was, they're really kind of women's fiction more than romance. Mm -hmm. But her last book of the sisters came out and it came to my nook and I read it in a day. And I sent yeah. her a an email and I said, oh, Nancy, this book is so great. I finished, I read it, this started it this morning. I finished it tonight. I just loved it. And she's like, that took me like six months to write. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh. Oh, well, yeah. We, we send it it's really good. Saying the book's up there, and we get, what, in a couple hours? A couple hours, yeah. Someone will have sent us an email saying Read we finished it. it. I'm like, okay, uh, well, that was my whole life for the last couple months <laughs> that you just got through. That I mean, I, that's how I read, like, because I yeah. started a yeah. book at like nine o'clock this morning and I yeah. put it out to like our discord and I was like, oh, I'm diving into this book in 1130. Like I was already done. And that was with a few interruptions. But like, yeah. I, I read exceptionally fast, yeah. Yeah. but like, I, I almost feel bad that I do, but I will reread books over and over again because I, I can get it in that fast. And the more I read it, like the more little nuances that like I find that I missed the first time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's as long as, as whoever's reading it is getting something from it. I don't care if it takes them, you know, two hours or two weeks, right. but you just want to have that connection, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so do you have a trope that is your favorite to write? Um, you know, I think that's the biggest issue with us is that we're all over the place. Yeah. We just love writing all different things because we love to read all different things. And I know you know, our agent has kind of said to us before that might have hurt us a little bit because we kind of lose readers as we jump all over the place. Um, but that's kind of what keeps us from losing our minds, I think, because mm -hmm. we just have different stories, different kinds of stories in our heads. And we like different kinds of stories. Um, and so if we, especially if we write something that's really, really emotional for us, because of the way we are, we have to swing that pendulum on we have to swing it the other way to kind of balance ourselves out so a lot mm -hmm. of times people will say well I read I read your last book and this one's nothing like it I hated it I'm like well go to the next one after that probably or the next couple after because we like to kind of balance out emotional with kind of like funny sexy things we don't have to think about that much if that yeah. makes sense but see, and that's funny because part of what keeps me coming back to your books, and I've read them all because I'm just oh. a little bit obsessive like that. But one of the things that keeps me back is each read is different, even within a yeah. series. You know, yeah. if we take your the bad series, each yeah. book is individualized enough. Um, yeah. Your alpha series, you know, after the first yeah. three, then you get all the other characters and the military men in play in that book. Mm -hmm each one has a different emotional connection and a different feeling yeah. to it. So each one is fresh. So you can tell right. your agent that not all your readers are like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I thank you. I appreciate that. And that's what I, I feel that way too, because we like to keep it fresh for us. Like, I mean, I know that there are some authors that just have this really set formula that works. We do not have that. Like that is the total, we, we should probably be like, I think at one point we set out to do that. And it didn't work. Like we just have to be able to kind of go wherever we go and follow those characters. And that's the kind of people we gravitate to. We even tried one time to like go out and find people that could be our like 
muse for a certain, like even that didn't work. We just, we have to just let the voices in our head and how the stories come out, just go, like just follow it. We almost say it's almost like a trance. Like it's, mm -hmm. we kind of just, um, we're following along with the story as it goes. So I feel like sometimes we have very little control <laughs> over what comes out. So Imagine. since you guys jump so much, is there a trope you yeah. will likely never write? Uh, there are a couple where we we have been scared. I'll say scared to write. Okay. We have a storyline with the Falling Into You series mm -hmm. that deals with some sexual identity issues um, that we really, really want to do it well if we do do that. And so... I mean, we've literally been talking about it for what, six years, five years? Yeah. So since the last falling. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's things that we are more cautious of. Uh huh. Um, I don't think there's anything we would never, if we felt compelled or we felt we had a really good story, I don't think there's anything to say we would never write. Mm -hmm. But I do think that we want to make sure that everything we put out yeah. is done really well. I don't think we would ever jump on the step sibling. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Story. Yeah, um, we don't really like that. But I don't just, really like, I don't like, I don't like, like stepdads, stepkids, step, I like family stuff like mm -hmm. that. I don't, I just don't like it personally. But I think, well, because you have such a big family and you're a mom and kids that yeah. gets awkward and weird and I a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think, you know, I have had a lot of, um, personal issues that, that, that feels too Close to home. Me emotionally. Yeah. yeah, I just can't yeah. handle it. The really it. dark stuff, too. We don't, you know. Well, I think we've, yeah, like we've personal we've issues. put a toe in of that. Yeah. 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 But there's some stuff out there, and there's like a whole genre that is like, you know, it's just, it gets really dark and brutal. And that's just not really what we. Yeah. When enjoy it gets writing. to like the, the, the edge of like abuse. Right. I, I have a hard time with it. Mm hmm. So your writing process, are you guys pantsers? Are you planners? Do you have a process or is it just kind of a free-for-all of chaos? He plans nothing in life. <laughs> the only reason he's here right now is because I told him he had to be here. Um, and I always try to have a plan. Like he will tell you most books I've already plotted out like way before we even start to write it because I've had the story in my head for so, so long. Like the cabin was in my head for probably what, a year and a half, two years. Mm -hmm. So I always have a plan, but does the plan ever actually go the way I have put it out there? No, almost never. The, the characters and the, the, setting. the, base, the setting, the basic over our overall flow of the story right and that's what we talk about and that's what we work through and then when we sit down to write it we usually put that loose but and we've already talked it through the, so paper. many times yeah. like our the way that we work is that we've talked through the story so many times that by the time we sit down to write it it's almost I mean, that's why I was in like a trance. It's like, because we're basically just regurgitating what we've already yeah. acted out. Cause I come from a theater background. So it's always playing in my head, the way someone moved, the, the thing someone said, you know, all that's always playing in my head. And whenever we go on a date, we used to have this rule where we would try not to talk about work when we're on a date. That lasted one day. Right. That lasted <laughs> one day. And we had to remind each other that we weren't talking about. Right. And so her. what we do, it's so, it's, I don't know if it's cool or sad. It's one of the two, cool or sad. But all we do every date that we ever have is sit and talk about imaginary people and stories. And yeah. so, you know, it's just by the time we sit down and write, it's pretty much already there. But I will say we have been surprised yeah. so many times with where our story has gone, even after we've thought we knew what was happening. Essentially, we're just, we take these big blocks of plot, I guess you could call it, that we've already figured out. And then we're just sort of- Letting them have a voice. Letting them have a voice and yeah. filling in the middle with all the little details. Yeah. And he's more of the details because quite honestly, when we're, a lot of times we'll like pass things back and forth to each other, almost mm -hmm. like editing when we probably shouldn't even be editing, but I'm always taking things out. I'm like, no, this is too much. This is too much. We don't need to know every single color that was in the flower. Like, you know, he's, he's the poet. So he's so detailed sometimes. That I'm like, 
Stop. I'm you're the least detail-oriented person on the planet in real life. Right, but you're like a word artist. I'm more just like a throwing it out there, the scene, the get, he's, he, ugh. so I'm like constantly every third word, I'm like, get out, too much, too much, too much. I don't know what this word is, get it out. I don't Nobody know what knows what is. this word is, get out. <laughs> Do you have a common word? That's something. So I do copy editing and stuff. And I've noticed it in some of my own writing and such that I have like common words. Do you have an overused common word in your book when you're writing? I'm sure we have a lot of descriptors. They get used frequently. But, you know, when when you do it enough, you tend to get a sense for like a radar for me, at least pops up in my head. Yeah. I just use that word. Right. And, our, and so then I go back and I, and we also look at each other's stuff. So yeah. I often will say, we just said that. And honestly, that happens more in our blurbs than anything else. And I don't mm. understand why, but a lot of times we do that in our blurbs. How many it's times so in a single page can you use the word throb? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is your opinion on blurb writing? Cause I know a lot of authors despise Struggle. them. See, I love it and he hates it. So I guess it evens out, but mm. I think it's kind of fun. Um, and it's a lot challenging. of the best blurbs we've ever had have been mine. So mm. I feel like I am like the queen of blurbs. Because you can do quick. I yeah. don't do quick. It takes me a long time to get to my point, which yeah. works well for novel writing. But not for blurbs. Because I can start something on the first page and set it up that doesn't really get tied in all the way until page 426. Well, I always say to him, for a blurb, the first line and the last line are the most important things. Mm-hmm. You have to have a punch and a punch, right? And so I will sometimes just give him the punch. I'm like, here you go. This is, I know this is the first line of the blurb. You know, I knew when we did Falling Into You that that line, I mean, I had had that line in my head for so long. I was like, this is it. I know that this is it. That line is where the whole story came. And right. And so I give that to him and I'll say, okay, so what can we do to fill in? I know what this is. I know what this is. What, what are we going to do in here? And then we just work it down. Um, so I love blurb day. We usually do one day a, a month. That is just the blurb day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but he hates it. He, he actually will have a little temper tantrum usually. <laughs> Boy, all my secrets. It's fine. <laughs> I was going to say, she's totally outing you like left and right here, Jack. <laughs> and okay. actually, I usually, we used to work in the same office. And now I, when we, we have blurb day, I purposely like make sure I'm not around him. So I'll be like with my laptop in one area and he'll be somewhere else so that I don't have to hear the tantruming. It's fine. <laughs> because it's in like, your respective you corners. Over it again and again yeah, and again. He doesn't like the repetition. I can't do repetition. Like once I've read a book, I can't read that book again for years. But again, coming from theater, that's you you say a monologue 10,000 times before you perform it. So I'm, yeah. I, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Well, and I see, you know, it's funny because when you were with us for Drunk Book Club, you talked about your theater background. And as yeah. I went back and I looked at some of your books and did a couple of rereads, I see the theater because, you know, yes. we're a big theater family ourselves. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like that's theater movement. Those are yeah. descriptors that we would use yeah. in a script in a yeah. story. And, yeah. Yeah. and I was telling, I think I was telling my mom about it. And she was like, that's probably why you love her so much because <laughs> yeah. oh, that's you awesome. theater people, you theater people are all the same. I'm like, thanks mom. That's you true. It's you can find them and you can see them and you know, them. <laughs> you see it a lot, especially in the dialogue because you have yes. to, we look at writing dialogue as like a director would blocking a scene. scene. Yeah. yeah. Because each movement in that scene has to have a purpose. Right. And so you have to set off this character saying this thing. You have to anchor it in reality right. somehow when you're yeah. writing a book. So because I, in reading, one of the things that bothers me the most is a whole page of he said, she said, he said, she said. Mm-hmm. So we work really hard to make sure that you don't have that or have it as little as possible. So we look at it as block. And that's why we work so well together. And, you know, I think I told you guys before, but we would never be able to produce what we do because everything that I'm good at, he's not and vice versa. So I am more of the dialogue because that's what I did is, you know, monologues and doing scenes and, you know, so an improv, I did a lot of improv. So for me, he's really good at filling that stuff in so that you can, when you read it, you see it, mm-hmm. you know? So I think the fact that we both come from such very different um, styles and backgrounds, 
has always helped us with fleshing out the story. Well, and your dialogue to me reads like banter versus yeah. straight out literary dialogue. It right. is a definite exchange of back and forth, which is theater. You know, right. that's how the story right. moves is yeah. Yeah. with the dialogue and the back and forth. So awesome. Um, so we're kind of curious and you if you want to be like, nah, never mind, it's fine. Um, but we wanted to know why use Jacinda Wilder as the author name and not yeah. use both because, and I think it's a newer trend to have two authors in a book. Um, but why make the choice just to use Jacinda's name and not Jack and Jacinda Wilder? Well, it makes us sad because we did try to experiment with this more early on and it just flopped every time. So you know, I think in the beginning, we both were writing under separate names. Actually, nothing. It was totally different names in the very beginning. And in the books that were under his name, a male name, were not moving at all. And so we were like, okay, let's just try something totally different. And, and, and I think, you know, we were still trying to figure out what we were actually doing, too, at that point. So I don't want to point it to any one thing back then. It could have just been us floundering with a cover or a title or whatever. But then later on, when I had success under the Jacinda Wilder name and we were thinking, okay, well, do we wanna do several different um, you know, lines? Like do a Jack Wilder line and do a line we're writing together. And what we noticed is every time we added his name in any way, shape or form, either by himself or Jack and Jacinda, the book sales did not, they just weren't there. So, you know, I don't really know what it was about it. And, and honestly, I think one of the best books we ever published was the title that we put under his name, The Missionary, and um, Captured and Wounded, which are the ones that we, you know, put both of our names. And I think that really hurt those books. I think if we would have published those just under Jacinda Wilder, they would have done way better. Um, but we wanted to experiment with it. And I think there is some kind, and it's different now. I think when we first started self-publishing, there wasn't as many men writing romance. And mm -hmm. back then it was like Nicholas Sparks was like the only, right? So I think there was kind of like a weird thing where we felt like- I want to say stigma, but it, it was a stigma. So a no, stigma. it was a stigma. And so I think men writing romance, there was like a pervy kind of connotation mm -hmm. or weird, a weird vibe. So- it does kind of make me sad because I do eventually, I mean, we've always said he has never gotten the New York Times title under Jack Wilder. He's never gotten any of that notoriety. I do hope one day that he will, because quite honestly, I think a lot of the things that are more him than me are way better. Um, but I just think there was a stigma there that unfortunately exists. And I do think every day we're probably moving the dial a little bit more out of that kind of thinking. Yeah. Um, but just at the time, it, it just, well, you and know, you have, I, you have ahead. loud voices, like you said, like Nicholas Sparks, who is yeah. very clear to state, he doesn't write romance that right. it's not worthy. Right. So right. to have a voice like that and, you know, to then to be a guy trying to break in and do it, you're yeah. fighting a very loud voice into right. stereotypes and bullshit. Remember right. people, I don't right. like him. And we were uh, already fighting. I mean, when you were talking about a stigma of being an indie author, that was a huge stigma. I mean, we mm -hmm. we went and talked right when, when self-publishing kind of got big, we went and talked at the London Book Fair and we were heckled. I mean, literally thousands of people heckled us. And it was one of the most humiliating experiences of my life. So if you're talking, if he would have got up there, and yeah. said, I'm a man who loves read romance and loves to write romance and I self-publish. I mean, it would have been bad, worse yeah. than bad, right? So I think we're definitely every day, this industry is breaking down barriers, breaking down walls. And I think this is just another one that's, you know, gonna slowly be broken down, but it definitely is hard, I think, for a man to say, hey, I've always loved romance. And, and the thing that's so funny to me is I always say to him, like every, major story in the history of the world is a romance. Literally every Star Wars is a romance. Game of Thrones at the core is a romance. I mean, 
MacGyver was a, every every story is a romance, right? But for yeah. some reason, it's like we don't want to admit that, or we try to pretend it's not. I, I don't understand. Especially that. for men, yeah, you know, it's the idea that you can't have emotions. Love is not macho enough. You're not allowed to have emotions. You're not allowed to find the beauty in things. You're not allowed to be affectionate or be tender or have any softness in your character at all. You're not manly. Right. <laughs> no, and I would agree with that. And I mean, just as women who read romance, we get it from other people that'll tell us yeah. that what we're reading isn't valuable, that, you know, it's just smut. I have certain words yeah. that I hate. I hate the word love story. I hate the word smut um, because I'm reading a book. It's a yep. story that yep. in the end I know is going to have a happily ever after, yep. even if it's, you know, duetted or trilogy or whatever, eventually right. they're going to get their happily ever after. And yep. that's powerful. Love is powerful. I so, agree with you. Jack, I, I did read Captured um, and Wounded. I After book club, I went and grabbed them Yay. out of Kindle Unlimited. And they're very well done books. Um, I very much enjoyed them. So listeners, yeah. if you're looking for a book to read, highly suggest you add those to your TBR because Thank they were I agree. very well done. So, you know, and I'm not a stalker, I promise. <laughs> we love stalkers. <laughs> They're gonna be like, she's really close. She's just in Ohio. We might need to move. <laughs> Go back to where the bear is. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, is it, is it hard? hard? Oh, God, Leah. I'll do this one. Is it hard okay, to balance your career life and your family life because everything's so like intermixed? A hundred percent. It's the hardest thing that I've ever done, and I've done a lot of really hard things especially this year has been, um, I mean, I, I, I would not say this lightly, but it's been probably the hardest year of my life, trying to keep my six kids educated and mentally well and physically like physically stimulated well. like not just sitting on the couch all day yes day. and and do all the things that require is required of me as a mother on top of trying to produce and, and, you know, produce things that I can be proud of right. and um, continue to run this small business because that's at the core, that's what we are, is a small publishing business. And um, it's been near impossible, I'm not going to lie, because we, we are kind of in an isolated area. We don't have family around us. Even if we did have family, we probably wouldn't be able to utilize them right now. But, um, you know, our kids have really struggled in this time because we've mm -hmm. had to quarantine because we have a high risk, uh, two of us are high risk. And, um, you know, your kids, to me, nothing is more important than my children and my family. 100%. So there has been sacrifices that we've had to make. And I think, um, you know, especially as a woman, trying to have a balance of being a businesswoman and being a mother, there's nothing more difficult than that, I think. And I want to be really successful and, and produce really good things that I can be proud of, you know, for my kids as well. But in this particular time, making sure that they are okay and taking care of them has to come before anything that I can do in terms of, you know, my business. So it has been really difficult. I mean, it was difficult before, but it's just the most difficult now. And, you know, we are really partnered in everything that we do in, mm -hmm. in our marriage and our raising of our kids and our business, but there's only so many resources and so yeah. many hours and, and you just get exhausted and tired. So I've really had to continue to give myself grace. And the one thing that I would say to anyone listening, who's a mom right now, who's trying to work, or even if you're just home with your kids, there's never been a time in the history of the world where we needed to give ourselves more grace. You know, I, I have a group, uh, a health group, because I wrote a couple of nonfiction books and the things that I see in there with those women, it breaks my heart because so many of them are just exhausted from life right now. And they're trying to raise these sweet little babies and take care of them and, you know, have their side hustle business and all this stuff. It's, it's a difficult time. And mm -hmm. I don't think it's being talked about enough. I don't mm -hmm. think that we're talking about the, the amount of stress that we're putting on mothers, the amount of stress that we're putting on women 
in this particular yeah. time because they, I, I just read an article about women are the ones that left their jobs. Women are the ones that came home to the kids and are now trying to teach their kids. Um, and so I think it's, we're definitely going to need to give ourselves some comfort and some grace and some self-love yeah. and some pats on the back and come out of this really feeling like warriors yeah. because yeah. I, to me, this is wartime. To me, this has felt like wartime. And I say to my kids, you know, I'm not sending you off to war, but I'm trying to keep you alive. <laughs> I'm right. trying to keep uh, learning and growing. And, and so I think, you know, if you're at home right now with your kids, man, I, I already think you deserved so much for doing that. But now it's like, just, yeah. man, give her a Louis Vuitton and a <laughs> cupcake. Because this... <laughs> There has to be an award at the end of this. I don't know what it is, but there should be something, some kind of medal we all get. I just want one hour by myself. Like that's. I'm telling you, same. Yeah. Same. One hour. About the way this has affected us is when we first started working, we didn't have an office. We didn't. So, you know, she just sent me a picture the other day from when we first started. I'm on the couch. And typing. our youngest son is a little baby and I've got him on my lap props so that the bottle is leaned against my chest while I'm working yeah. on a laptop. Yeah. And now That's I'm the same thing. It's what we're doing now. It's the exact same thing. Cause I can't be in my office. I can't go yeah. in my office and shut the door because there's too much going on. It requires both of us all the time, all the time. to corral everybody and make sure they're doing work. I mean, it's like, when they're little, you want to make sure they're like not choking or, you know, but now the teenagers, I'm like, are you on your phone all day? Are you, you know, like, are you have eating you, anything? Like, are you eating too much? Like, what, you know, you have to be with them, like to make sure they're okay. have you had today? Yeah. One can <laughs> feed a whole Costco thing of cheese sticks. That's like 80 cheese sticks. Like, where did they go? You know, it's a lot of cheese sticks. It's a lot of cheese sticks. But I really think, you know, like I said, the ironic part of this whole thing is this was the year. I mean, we have six kids. Oldest is going to be a senior. This was the year where we were finally not going to have a kid at home. This was the year. <laughs> this was it. Kindergarten was happening this year. And we were like, we're just going to have sex all day and party. And just and do like what we want. Yeah. We don't have anything to do all like day, we but... could write two books a month. It'll be awesome. And then COVID. And I'm like, you know, seriously, Really? Right now? Right. Really? Honestly, <laughs> like, I don't think I'd survive with, because I, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, yeah. So I've been home with my kids for, it's, my oldest is going to be 10 this year. But when they were home, like, I yeah. loved when my husband came home from work because he, yeah. he, he would, he would take the kids, do dad stuff, like, be super dad. He, like, after working eight hours and he yeah. does like a physical job he's like go take an hour and do wow. what you need to do like if you need to just sit like i it was amazing he still does yeah. that now because he's like go take a break you oh, get to breathe awesome. but if that's it wasn't awesome. for him like i it would have been bad. lose your mind you actually lose oh, yeah. your mind yeah it's yeah. called self-preservation because sane wife is how you stay alive yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he knows that too well too well our problem was, is my husband was home also. Like he he worked at, he works at a university, so the campus right. closed, and they're like, you can work remotely. So we were all here, yeah, together. Oh yeah. And oh, I yeah. have my mother six months out of every year. She either lives with oh. me or lives with my sister in Texas. So oh. it's like everybody, yes, right yes. here yes. all the time. Yes. But I love them. I love them. <laughs> like awesome. I love you, but go away. Go away Just for need, five like, minutes. I just don't want to be touched for like one hour or anybody yeah. have a crisis for one hour. Like, I mean, don't if they eat all the question. cheese sticks. Yes. Right. They eat all the cheese sticks. Like it's fine. Just I'll around, like, la, 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 la. <laughs> you just, just do that somewhere else. We, we have, Outside, go there's, away. there's another room beside the this garage, one. anywhere, 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 go but ahead. here. Um, okay. Yeah. So when you guys are writing and you're coming up with ideas is one of you, what I call the voice of reason, because in my relationship with my husband, we've been together 23 years. He is the voice of reason. I come up with all these great wacky ideas and then he has to like rein me in and pull me back. So he's my voice of reason between the two of you. Who's the voice of reason? Yeah, he's wacky. I always <laughs> say like you are on a different, you're on like in a different world, on, in a different planet. 
we say all the time, I would say, okay, you're jumping the shark because he will take something that I, like a train of thought or a storyline and he'll say, okay, but then they could be underwater. And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Like he, he just will take it to a level that we- In my defense, I didn't grow up, you know, I would read romance, but if I gravitated in the bookstore, even still the section I go to is the sci-fi and the fantasy. True. So that's where my brain goes. True, yes. You know, I'll be like, oh, but maybe this could happen in space. And I'm like, I'm only a romance no, writer by trade. No, no, no. I mean, there is yeah. romance in space. It, it oh, he work. wants to, he, let me just tell you, you know, we talked about last time about the bad brothers were originally bears. Uh-huh. Okay. So that's where I would go. If we were going to do something a little bit off the beaten path, it would be that. And he would be, it'd be like sex, sex on a spaceship. Yes. That's where he goes in his I edit a lot of sci-fi romance. There is a market for it. I know. And he reminds me of that every time we (laughs) sit down to plot new stuff. But I don't think so. We laugh, just so you know, book club, we talk and laugh about the bear. We call it the the bad brother bears. We like to talk about it still. (laughs) Good. It's happening. And he thinks that it's not, but it truly is going to happen. I don't know when. I just have to give in and just like, okay. I'll give you three months and we'll write as many Bad Brother Bears as we can. I just want to even do one. Like, just one. I can guarantee that you'll sell, like, 25 of them. I know. <laughs> just I, from I mean, I would club. read it. Just do Sebastian and see where right. that goes. Right. Okay. Listen, I'm all in. <laughs> all in. So, okay, that brings us to future projects. What's next for you guys? So, you had um, Lizzie Goes brains over brawn and that yep. released um was that early january, january correct yeah january and then we actually have hopefully we'll be getting back the second one this week i hope should be getting it back from it's been an editing yeah. <laughs> hopefully soon we'll have the other one back um and yes. we're, we're yeah. about half a third of the way into the third, third one yeah. yeah and we haven't decided what's happening after that to be quite honest with you we kind of set up this series that it could end in three, it could keep going. Usually we don't make that decision until we're done. And then we'll say, okay, do we want to take a break? Do we want to keep going? Do we want to just end it for now and say we might go back to it? We have some other ideas that we kind of want to possibly take a break um, and write some different stuff. Because I feel like if we write a whole big long series without any breaks, we don't, we lose something. So um, we still haven't decided yet though. It's kind of up in the air currently. So even if you have to take a break, I really need to be clear that I need Teddy's story. We know that's what's going to happen. I already said that to you. I love her. There will be, we have some stories that Mm -hmm. we get an email about probably every day. Like there's a lot of people, we have a, um, one of the first books we ever published is called Jack and Jim. And that was written as a trilogy and we never wrote the third book. And so I get an email probably every two, three days. And mind you, this book published in 2012. And I still get an email every couple of days asking when the third book is gonna come out. And then we have the one from the Falling Into You series about the band members, which yeah. we, we started and never finished. That was supposed to publish in like January of 2015. We were going to go right into that from Falling Into You and then we got sidetracked and never went back to it. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's stories that we get that. Like there's people, and I said, this is going to be another one that everyone's going to be emailing us about. And the best friend from the cabin also, is one I anticipate getting oh, a lot of yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I think there are yeah. a lot of books. Can we say, like, we have so many books to write and probably yeah. we'll die before we get to all of them. But <laughs> the emails, I whenever, like, because I get all the emails, he doesn't get them. But I, I'll say, honey, like, literally this week, we got, like, 15 emails about the gin series. Like, we really should write that. And he'll be like, I want to. And our daughter just read those books too. And she was like, Mom, these are really good. Like, you should write it. And actually, like, that series was, like I said, right in the beginning. So I don't even totally remember where we were going. I, it, when we honest. put them all up in KU, I skimmed through them a little bit. I'm like, these are good. good. <laughs> and then I got to the back of the second one that had the teaser. 
for the, for the third, third one. And that right. was going to be our favorite because that hero from that one was like, that was my dude. Like He was going to be, be cool. Awesome. And the heroine was supposed to be from like 1886. So it was like, it got to get the history nerd in me. Yeah. So oh. we were super excited about it. And then. Anyway, there's a we bunch of books 80. like that. It'll eventually happen. So I promise you right now, it'll eventually happen. Maybe this should sure. be the year where we tie up all those loose ends. It'd be funny if we were like, hey, guess what? All those books you email me about, we're going to write them. This is the year of loose ends. Gosh. The year of loose ends. The, you yeah. know, though, and you say the best friend in the cabin. I loved that book. I mean, you know, I loved that book. Thank I. You. I recommend yeah. that story to everybody. Like Aww. I'm such a mood reader. And when I read that one, it was one of those that just, it has to break your heart. And then yeah. your heart is so full at the end. Um, I can't yeah. say enough great things. And I loved the best friend, but that story was just so fulfilling. I guess I didn't Aww. even think about her, but. Well, you know what I want to do? We, we kind of differ, but I want to go through and write his story. So, you know, in the book, you kind of see little chunks of what he wrote, but you don't really see the whole thing. I think it'd be cool if we went through and wrote like, and, and I'm only, I don't even know if we would even say like it's part of that or just like publish it. Oh, the, the book. Yeah. She's it's saying good. we would like write the book that Aiden wrote. he wrote for them and yeah, just yeah. publish it as like in its own full standalone book. But he didn't really love that idea. But anyway, it's well, that could hard too. to execute. I know, but that hasn't stopped us before. No, that's true. <laughs> It'd be pretty BA if we did that, though. I know. A book I mean, about a book. That'd be pretty cool. So I know, a right? From a meta. book. It's very meta. meta. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I think you guys could pull it off. I mean, listen, we have so many things to write. I keep saying to him, he's like, you know, when are we going to retire? I'm like, dude, like literally the day before we die is when we're going to retire because we're <laughs> the list I have of books that we want to write is like what, a hundred books still? Oh yeah. And, Wait, and you only have a kindergartner. Go. So you at least have I got know. 20 years because she's going to have to go to college people. I know. So what else is there to do? Like, I just I mean, want to hit 250. I feel like that's a really amazing amount of books for people to write in one lifetime. If we read, if we wrote 108 years, I feel 108 like 108 years. <laughs> what did I say? 108 years. A hundred books in eight years. Oh, I thought you heard. Oh, I thought he no. said 108. I mean, we definitely they're immortal before we were too I mean, old to see the computer. That's what I was thinking too. I was like, wait, what's happening? We went back to the Bible times. We lived to 140. What's Methuselah? happening? Methuselah. Yeah. Confused. For a second there. You're going to, like, transplant your brain into, yeah. like, the computer or something. We don't and... math. I don't know if you noticed. We don't math. Futurama so, okay. style, the head in the jar. Yeah. yeah. Great. There you go. That's You'll still be writing like that yeah. in 108 it years. Happen. It happens. 108 years. <laughs> we all thought it. 69 months. No, 62 69 months. <laughs> Obviously, we watch too many kids' movies. That's okay. I love it. Um, but so thank you guys so much for joining us and coming on and giving us a little Absolutely. glimpse into your process. And we're excited yeah. to see what's next from you guys. And we'll let all our listeners know when the next, it's the Billionaire Baby series is what it's called, correct? Yes. And we'll I let think, know what is the next. release date? We changed the release date. We did. I think Autumn is supposed to come out on the 26th. And then Lizzie is. No, we already did Lizzie. No, um, yeah, you're right, Laurel. I, Laurel. Get, I get them confused. They both um, start with L. And it's late. working it's on it. We keep, we keep having to go back and change the names because I get them mixed up. Um, <laughs> it's the, the 20th something as well of April. I think it's March 23rd and then April 26th. Yes. Oh, and we should tell you too. I don't know when this is going to air, um, but we are going to be doing the last Sunday of March. So is that? I think that's the 29th. Oh, good. So that same weekend-ish, we're going to be having a special promotion with BookBub on the cabin. So if you have not picked that up and you want to read that, that is a good time to do that. And we did it so that the that book um, is on a promotion with BookBub and then we have the new release like the same weekend. So fun. Yes. That's pretty awesome. We will yeah, well, we will share that with everyone. Awesome. We will definitely <laughs> share that. Our our 
group certainly loves a special price on a book. So yes, us <laughs> too. They are fans of that. So again, oh. thank you so much for joining us. We are thank so you. delighted you. to have you guys and to get to chat with you. Um, and we can't wait to see what's next. I know we can't either. Cause we have no <laughs> idea. We figured out. <laughs>to the wilders for joining us i do love chatting with them they're so fun i love them at book club they are a lot of fun (laughs) i could talk to them forever and i keep telling them i'm going to stalk them once the world opens up again because they're not so far from me um so (laughs) this week in the romantic buzz we i didn't really come up with any news for us uh but i did want to mention that we have an author for, or a book, I guess not an author. We have a book for our April Drunk Book Club. Um, that we do. So we are reading Stud in the Stacks by Pippa Grant. Yes. Okay, make sure I got it right. We we went looking for a rom-com, and it was a tight race. We actually, um, it came down to a, her or The Morning Wood by Heather Oregon. So, um I'm excited to read Pippa Grant again. I've only read one book by her, so. Oh, it's it's a good one. There's a loincloth and unicorn blankets. And there, there are actually some um, alien uh, romance stuff in there, too. Hilarious. It, oh, it's it's a good it's a good time. The grandma is like one of the, the best parts of the whole book, honestly. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Anyway, so if you're interested in joining us for Drunk Book Club, it's all a part of our Patreon. You can find details on our website and um, it's just a fun thing that we like to offer to people that support the podcast. So support us and come to Drunk Book Club. It's a good time. It's a little um, chaotic. It's a lot it's a chaotic, time. sister. No, <laughs> I don't... I, you don't want to scare them off. It's a little no. chaotic. It's a lot of fun. I will say today I spent the day brainstorming with Minnesota Hockey Mom reads on possible slogans for t-shirts or stickers for Drunk Book Club. Oh, man. So <laughs> she wants us to make a trophy husband t-shirt. Like my trophy husband knows about my book boyfriends or something. <laughs> We'll have to fine tune that one a little bit. She wants to give her husband an I'm her trophy husband t-shirt to wear when we go to conferences. <laughs> so. I, I can guarantee mine would not wear that. Um, If I give him enough bourbon, I'm pretty sure I could get Mike to wear it. Yeah, mine mine would not. No. That's, that's not his thing. I don't it's know. Maybe fair. he would. He might. I to support know. you, he might. He That's true. He might. He does. And he's very supportive. So, I mean, I can't really complain. He'll probably make me wear like a, one of his, because he does a podcast also. So I'll, right. be like, I'll wear your podcast on my shirt. You can wear mine. Right. It's only fair. It is only fair. Um, okay. So what are you reading this week? I am reading Reformation by Shel Sloan, and it is part of Corinne Michael's um, Salvation series. Okay. Um, I am reading also Shell Sloan. I am reading Off Track. We so this is recorded a little early. We are prepping for when this a airs. Happy we'll, hour. Yeah, when this airs, we'll have had four happy hours in six days. Um, yes. So, and Shell Sloan is one of those. So Becky Shell and I Sloan's are both. We're both happy hour prepping. We've I've been doing a lot of happy hour prepping this week. Well, er- Earlier today, I finished Dirty Talker by Marilyn Kelly, who is also one of our happy hour authors we have coming and I, on. And I also finished Dirty Talker by Marilyn Kelly. I am telling you right now, if you love hockey or if you're looking for a new book boyfriend, that book is out right now. Go get it. And it's wide. Yes. So it's not just in on Kindle. You can get it Barnes & Noble. You can get it Apple Books. But... I cannot say enough amazing things about Dirty Talker. Like, yeah, I Wade is like the ultimate book boyfriend. He is. He's, you know, we we had a bit of a discussion about Manning from Natasha Madison's Only One Night book. I mean, right now he's our number one hockey book boyfriend. Yep, Manning forever. But Man- but Wade, Wade, I, I don't know. know. He he makes it a tight race to to the top because he's. Yeah. He's pretty good. 
He is pretty fantastic. I mean, we'll have to come up with a hashtag for Wade now. Right? Huh. I don't know. Team Wade. Wade's the greatest. I mean, I love him. And I have so many questions to ask Marilyn. So um, you can watch the replay of those live on our YouTube channel. If you don't subscribe to our YouTube channel, you totally should because we're awesome. Um, Okay. Let's tell everyone notable upcoming releases that we have. Okay. So coming up is Back in the Burbs. It's by Avery Flynn and Tracy Wolf, and it comes out on March 30th. And then Hard Luck, which is book four in the Trophy Boyfriend series by Sarah Nay, comes out on March 25th. And then I have The Waiting Game by Lisa Suzanne. Um, This is book four in her Vegas Aces series, and it actually comes out uh, April 1st. In my notes, I have the date wrong, but it's Thursday, April 1st is when that comes out. Um, That's book four... This is a five-part book series. They're about novella length, about the same couple. It's a football romance. It's a little crazy town, fake relationship. A whole lot of crazy town. Anyway, (laughs) I'm patiently waiting for book four. Um, And then Jack and Jacinda mentioned Autumn Rolls a Seven, and that comes out on March 26th. That is book two in her Billionaire and Baby series. And then My True Love by Melissa Foster. This is book two in the Steels at Silver Island series. Who's, do you know whose story this is? It's Grant and Jules. And it, it is, I read this one as an arc and it is very good. Like Grant was injured in the service and he's in like, he's in a dark place, like doesn't want to be anywhere. Like he's kind of lost and Jules is, this really bubbly, upbeat, always sees like the positive in everything in life. And um, it's it's good. Like she brings him out of the dark. and So a little grumpy sunshine it. kind of feel. There's a lot of grumpy sunshine because he's I love he's, that. he's a he's a grumpus. That's for sure. OK, it's on my TBR list. Um, tell everyone who or what we're talking about next time. So next up. We have um, April is Indie Author Month, and we are kicking that off with the writing duo behind Jiffy Kate. So we are going to chat with them about their writing process, how they met, how they came to write together, and what inspires them. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to them. We had them in March for Drunk Book Club, and I just adore them both. They were they were they were fun. Like they were a ton of fun. And I think we would have talked to them for hours. Well, we did talk to them for hours, but like hours and hours and hours. Three hours of drunk book club. It was like a marathon night. And And that's the thing. They were still going strong. Yeah. I was kind of like, I'm slowly dying and need to go to bed. So thanks for being here. So, so of course we wanted to make space for them to come back on the podcast and kind of give us insight. Um, my goal with April is to really draw some attention to the people like Jack and Jacinda Wilder and like Jiff and Jenny Kate of Jiffy Kate. They're badasses. They are small by being indie authors. They are small businesses. They are pushing their stuff out there, you know, sometimes on a shoestring and with a hope and a prayer kind of thing. And so I really want to draw attention to just how amazing Yeah, so April as a whole, like we are focusing on all indie authors, all of our quick shots, all of our happy hours, all of our shows. They're indie author based. Yep. So every book will either be indie published, even if the author is a hybrid author, whatever book we feature on quick shots will be an indie published book. Same with um, the authors that we have on our happy hours. They will be indie published books because there, there is, there is a larger group of authors that are kind of hybrid that have some yeah. traditional published books, mass published, but also have put out indie stuff. So yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a ride. It's, it's going to be a good month. We've, we've had some great shows in the past month. We have some awesome shows coming up. Like it's, we got, yeah. it's a good time. Come, come listen to us. Subscribe to the YouTube. Like Becky said, join the Patreon and you can join our discord server. And which is always, you never know what's going to show up on there. <laughs> right. We talk about a variety of things, you know, a little last bit of week this. I was obsessed with Harry and um, Megan. Megan. Yeah. So we had to talk about it. Of course we did. We also shared TikToks like nobody's business. So yeah. 
If you're not on, if you're not following us on TikTok, you probably should follow us on TikTok because we give great book recs. That we do. Well, we read a lot of books. So. We do read a lot of books. Anyway, <laughs> thanks everyone for joining us. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.